Amen. What a delight it is to be here. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see each of you. And uh, we've prayed for this church over the years and are so grateful. I remember when the pastor's wife was just a little girl. Well, she was the oldest of all of the Marshall children. And they came, and we used to have camp up at Bear Mountain. And uh, they, boy, whenever the Marshall family came, it got exciting. And then uh, Brother Pete Montoro showed up one day and swept her right off her feet, and the rest is history. Amen? But it's a delight to be here. My wife and I served up in Peekskill, New York, for 23 years. We took a little church with six people. And spent 23 years there ministering for the Lord. And then in 1999, the Lord led us into full-time evangelism. And uh, we're excited to be out in the churches. And I'm just so thankful for God's blessing in our lives. And I know that God's got something great for each and every one of you. Take your Bibles, if you would, and go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5. I'd like us to stand together as we read the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 18, and we're going to follow through to verse 21. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the what? The Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourselves one to another, notice, in the fear of God. Let's pray together, may we? Our Heavenly Father, speak to us by Your sweet Holy Spirit. O God, I know that You want us to respond to the the wooing of the Spirit. I know, Lord, that as believers we, we must follow You and be obedient to Your Word. I pray that You'd help me tonight. Help me to say the things that would be most helpful. And I'll thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak this evening on how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if you've been saved for any length of time, you understand the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm going to give you six works of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to write them down if you would, okay? Right there in Ephesians chapter 5. Six works of the Holy Spirit. I'll give them to you in just one word, and that'll help you to remember it, okay? The Holy Spirit, number one, the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts us. How many of you have ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit? Did you know before you ever got saved, you were convicted of your sin, weren't you? You realized you were a sinner, that you were undone, that you needed a Savior, Thank the Lord for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God. The second work of the Holy Spirit, are you ready for this? Is the convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. The convincing ministry. Did you know it's the Holy Spirit that convinces us that what His Word says is true? 
Let me illustrate it this way. How many of you have ever seen Jesus? Nobody? How many of you believe in Jesus? Oh, well, guess who helped you do that? It was the Holy Spirit. He convinced you. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. I believe there's a literal hell. Thank God there's a literal heaven. Why am I convinced about these things? I'm convinced about them because of the Holy Spirit's work in my life. As you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit teaches you, guides you into all truth, the Bible says. All right? So we have the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number two, we have the convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. He convinced me that I was lost and needed a Savior. And then, number three, the converting ministry of the Holy Spirit. How many of you are converted? Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Listen to this. When I was six years old, an evangelist came to our church and preached a hot message on hell. And it scared me. When the invitation was given, I came to the altar. Man, I wanted to get saved. He convinced me that not only was hell real, but that I was a sinner and needed a Savior. And I came forward, I knelt at the altar, but guess what? Nobody dealt with me. Nobody came up to me and said, Danny, why did you come forward? Boy, if they had, I would have said, I want to get saved. And someone could have shown me from the Bible and led me to Christ. But nobody dealt with me. So I thought that since I went forward and wanted to be saved, that I was saved. But you know what? Nothing changed in my life. One day when I was 14 years old, my dad was in the bathroom shaving. He had shaving cream all over his face, a razor in his hand. And he heard me come into the house. He said, Daniel, is that you? And I said, yes. He said, "Um, Daniel, I did something that upset him, by the way. And he said, Daniel, I've never seen any indication that you're saved. And I thought, you know, I've never seen any indication that I'm saved either. And I went and got my Bible and I led myself to Christ at age 14. My dad went on to do whatever he was doing, and I sat down with my Bible there in the living room there on our cottage on Round Lake in Sonora, New York, and I led myself to Christ. I got saved. Oh, I was excited. That night when my dad came in, I said, hey, Dad, guess what I did today? I think he was still upset with me over what I'd done previously. I have no idea what it was. But... I said, Dad, guess what I did today? He said, what, son? I said, I got saved. He said, we'll see. Now, what kind of an answer is that? You see, he wanted evidence to prove that I was saved. How many understand that? If you're a parent, you understand that for sure. Without a doubt. So the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin, convinced me I needed to be saved, And then, through the words of my father, I was converted. And I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I asked him to forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and be my Savior. And I got saved, 14 years old. Amen. 
Well, the Holy Spirit's work is just beginning now. The fourth thing that the Holy Spirit did was He confirmed in me that I was saved. There's a confirmation. When my father said, Daniel will see. What was he saying? He was saying, I want to see a confirmation that you really are saved. I want, to conf- I want you to confirm what you believe you did and in asking Christ to be your Savior. And I'm, I am so glad that the Holy Spirit confirms. The Bible says, the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Your spirit bears witness with my spirit that you're a child of God. Amen. One time a preacher said, I don't know if anybody in here is saved but me. I think that's an ignorant statement. Because if you are living a life that's pleasing to God and you are truly born of the Spirit of God, there will be plenty of evidence to confirm that you are a child of God. Praise the Lord for that. So the Holy Spirit confirms in me. I I started having an interest in spiritual things where before it was, eh, whatever. I wanted to, I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to get involved in spiritual things. And God began to work on my life. And, and, and a few years later, He called me to preach. And, and the Holy Spirit of God was constantly confirming in me that I was His child. You know what the next work of the Holy Spirit is? Write this down. The conforming ministry. I wish I had the time to develop it. But we're to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is all introductory, amen? The the conforming ministry, that's the hard work the Holy Spirit has to get us to quit being like ourselves and being like Christ, amen? The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you're saved and it's confirmed that you're a child of God... Then God begins to conform you to His image. How many of you ever had something bad happen to you and it turned out to be a good thing? All of us. Hey, you know, some people, some people have had some of the most unbelievable things happen to them that they thought were bad, but it resulted in their getting saved. The, the Holy Spirit, His work is, is like the potter in the clay. And uh, the potter takes a big clump of clay and he puts it on a wheel. And he begins to spin it, and he puts water coming up on it, and he starts molding a piece, a vessel. He's molding a vessel. Well, there's a stick in there. He'll take the stick out. There's a stone in there. He'll take a stone out. He's conforming us into a vessel unto honor. Meat for the Master's use, you see. The conforming ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And you know, that's His life's work. The Holy Spirit's life's work is to conform us into the image of His Son. The Holy Spirit does not exalt Himself. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to glorify the Savior. And here's how it works. The Holy Spirit of God is very sensitive to the words of Christ. And Christ will say, um, tell Dan Knickerbocker he needs to do this or that. And the Holy Spirit lays that on my heart. And the Holy Spirit wants to help me to be Christ-like. Amen. This is very important. And I'm excited about this. The last work of the Holy Spirit is the comforting ministry of the Holy Spirit. He comforts us. (laughs) He comforts us. And I'll share some things with you about that 
in my first point of how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's go back to our Bibles in the book of Acts, or rather Ephesians chapter 5. It says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Filled. Filled with the Spirit. You must understand that in order to be filled with the Spirit, you must be emptied of self. There are many things that crowd out the power of the Spirit of God in our lives. And we must come to the place in our lives where we realize that we have a great need to be filled with the Spirit. There are verses of Scripture that deal with this. You know, we, we would take this verse, verse 18, and say, and be, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess. We'd say, oh, we'd really be down on somebody that gets drunk. I think it's just as bad for us not to be filled with the Spirit. It's amazing how the flesh and the Spirit battle with each other. You, you, you all experience this, don't you? It's like the preacher one time said, there's like two dogs inside of me that are fighting. The dog of the flesh and the dog of the spirit. And the dog I feed the most is the one that wins. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he that soweth unto the spirit shall reap life everlasting. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that ye might have life. But he doesn't stop there. And that ye might have it what? More abundantly. Many Christians are not living an abundant life. Because they're not filled with the power of the Spirit of God. Now let me just get one thing straight. I don't believe I can lose my salvation. Isn't that exciting? So, How many of you ever felt like you weren't saved? Yeah, I don't base your life on feelings. Feelings come and feelings go and feelings can be deceiving, can't they? But the fact of God's Word is that we are sealed until the day of redemption. I'm secure in Christ. No man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. So I've got my salvation settled. I don't have to worry about uh, doing something wrong and then saying, Oh no, now I'm not saved anymore. The security of the believer is that he saves us eternally. He has saved me from past sin, future sin, or present sin and future sin. That's the Savior we have. What a wonderful Savior we have. But now we have to deal with how is it that I can be filled with the Spirit? Number one, I want you to write this down. You must first of all realize that you need the Spirit of God. That you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, this is very important. Did you know you can't live for the Lord Jesus like you should unless you're filled? Let me illustrate it to you. Suppose the Holy Spirit says, I want you to read the Word, but you won't do it. You find yourself doing other things. Other things begin to cloud your life and take over your life and control your life. How many ever gotten to the end of the week and said, boy, I didn't really spend any time with the Lord this week? And you felt bad about it. I'm sure that's happened to us at times. What I'm saying is that when you're filled with other things... 
You're not filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And you must realize that as a Christian, I need the filling of the power of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. I must have it. I must want it. The Bible says, they that are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. I can't please God when I'm in the flesh. And then when I'm in the flesh, I'm not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I use the phrase, we leak. You know, on a Sunday, by Sunday night, man, I'm fired up. Monday afternoon, uh-oh, what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit of God seems to have disintegrated and gone away. And it seems like other things have started clouding in my life. And before you know it, I'm filled with pride, critical spirit, apathy, laziness. You name it, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all of these things are constantly coming at me. And I can go from being filled with the Spirit of God to being filled with myself. This is the battle that we rage, that rages in our lives. The battle of emptying ourselves that we might be filled with the power of the Spirit of God. So, first of all, I must realize that I need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, where do I need to be filled? I need to be filled in my walk with God. My walk with God. If I spend time with God alone, it's amazing how all of a sudden what He wants is more important than what I want. Have you experienced this? Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's, it's a wonderful experience to just love the Word and read and just bask in God's love. And it's amazing how He'll just fill you to the point where you are overflowing with the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God, I have strength. To say no to sin. When I'm filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I know how to walk with God. I know how to worship God. Many people are not prepared to worship God. Did you know that? I'm, in, I'm, revi- I'm involved in revival meetings. And uh, we'll start a meeting. If we go from a Sunday through a Friday. About Friday, everybody's getting real excited about what God's doing in their life. It's almost like a revival is breaking out. And the people get to the place where they, they've just been having a concentration on God's Word. And God's Word has just been speaking to their hearts to the point where, where now they've, they've gotten rid of those things in their life that should not be there. Those besetting sins. I have a message I preach on 72 besetting sins. You can imagine that's quite a message, wouldn't you say? Only 72? (laughs) I'm sure there's more than that. You say, how do you preach a 72 sin message in, in 60 minutes? It's not easy. But the point is that when we, when, when we start walking with God and we start worshiping God, all of a sudden the things of the world begin to, we begin to abhor them. You know, when a person's lost, They love sin. Once they get saved, they loathe it. They hate it. Because now they're a new creature in Jesus Christ. And we know what our battles are. We know where we struggle. Many people don't worship God. They just attend church. 
They're not, they're not walking in the Spirit. They're walking in the flesh. Not only that, we recognize our need when it comes to warfare. We're living in a, this is a warfare in this Christian life, wouldn't you say? How many think it's real easy to live for the Lord? Oh. Well, it's easy when you're filled with the Spirit because He said, My yoke is easy and my burden's light. But when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the Christian life is a bit difficult. Because there's a battle raging between the Spirit and the flesh. But when you're filled with the Spirit, the warfare is victorious. We defeat the enemy. We have victory over sin. We help others to know God. All because we're filled. We need to be filled with the Spirit in our witnessing. It's discouraging trying to be a witness. I have to, I have to remind myself. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting Him. Listen, when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I love to witness. Amen. And you know what? When I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm bold. <laughs> I'm bold. I was on a plane going somewhere, and I can't remember where it was now, but you know how if you travel much, there'll, there'll be, there were three seats, and I was in the middle one, and there was another guy sitting next to me on the aisle, and then there was an empty seat by the window, and I thought, Lord, it would be so nice if nobody came for that seat. Then I could move over, and I'd have more room. How many you ever thought that when you get on a plane? Sure, you always do. And if, if there's not that many on the plane, you'll find a place to sit where you have more room, right? Well, in comes this woman. Now, she was a, a, a big woman. And she come walking in there. And I'm, bi- I'm big, too. So when you're big, you don't really want a whole lot of people around you like that. But anyway, she came in, and she looked at her tag, and it was like right there. She pointed to the window seat, and I was like, oh, man. And uh, she got in there and got buckled up and everything, and she said, you're a preacher, aren't you? I said, how did you know? You look like one, she said. She's rough. You look like one. I said, well, you're right. I am one. I'm a preacher. She goes, yeah, I thought you were. And I, 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 I introduced myself and I sat down and I thought, I've got a captive audience right here. She knows I'm a preacher. She's going to get it. Amen. And she said, well, I want to tell you right up front, I'm an atheist. I said, you are? You're an atheist? I said, do you know what God says about atheists? She goes, no, what? The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Boy, she looked at me like, what? She did not like what I said. And then we're talking and I'm witnessing to her and she's she's trying to be nice and She's a little upset and, you know, and it was, we kind of got a little camaraderie going there talking and everything and we're, we're, I'm trying to, to make it as, as comfortable and as uncomfortable as possible, if you know what I mean. I wanted the Holy Spirit to convict her and convince her and convert her. Amen. That's what I wanted the Lord to do right there. Well, I w- talked to her. By the time we got to the end of our flight, I said, you know what? You are not an atheist. She goes, I'm not? I said, no, not from what we've talked about. If I understand what you believe, you're, you're an agnostic. You believe that maybe God put it all together, but then he took his hands off it. And she said, oh, 
I'm an agnostic. And I, I gave her a gospel track and I gave her my, my business card and I said, now, I want to give you my business card. And she said, oh, no, you're going to pray for me, aren't you? I said, you better believe it. And I'm giving you my card so that when you get saved, you call me and you tell me. Amen. She's not called me yet. But I believe God will save her. Amen. Listen, what I'm saying is that in our witness, we need to have the power of God to witness. I can't do it in the flesh. I don't want to do it in the flesh. But when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I can't wait to talk to people about the Lord. Do you realize your need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Number two, not only must you realize your need, but you must desire to be filled. You know, it's one thing for a person to say, well, I know, I know I need to lose weight, but I'm not going to do it. That was me for many years. About a year and a half ago, I lost 55 pounds. I can't believe I did that. Well, I just, I cut back on my eating and it was amazing how I just started losing weight. It was unbelievable. It's amazing how that works. I I wish I'd done that a long time ago. But anyway, the desire, how many of you have a desire to want to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? You see, here's the thing. A lot of times we say, well, boy, it would be nice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Boy, I wish I was as happy as so-and-so, or I wish I had the joy of the Lord like, like he has or she has. You can have it. God is no respecter of persons. The question is, do you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If you realize you have a need to be filled, you must have a desire to be filled. I want to be filled. I want it badly. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I desire it. I found out something. You do about what you want to do. Yeah. I remember one time when I was pastoring. This is, this goes back 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I thought I could change people. You know, I'm, I'm a rev preacher. I can preach the word, boy, I can get you under conviction, amen, and I can change you. I, I came to the shocking realization, I can't change anybody. I can't even change myself without the power of the Holy Spirit. My wife, I'm sure there's times she wanted to change me, amen. Any good wife wants her husband to be a better husband, amen. Right? How is it? How is it that a person can be filled with the Spirit of God? He has to desire it. Has to desire it. A desire. Do I want this or don't I? Can God give this to me? Can I be filled with the Spirit? I know I need to be filled. I desire to be filled. And then number three, I believe I can be. You have to believe that it's possible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. God, think about this. See that, see that, that beautiful chandelier right there? That beautiful light? It's hanging from two screws up there. But the world hangs on nothing. Figure that one out. 
You want to hear something even more powerful than that? The Bible says that God inhabits eternity. Figure that one out. We've got a God that is so powerful. That He can fill us with His power if we believe He can. If God can hang the world on nothing, He can give me victory over sin. If God can forgive me of my past and secure my future, He can give me victorious Christian living. I don't have to be defeated. I don't have to be dealing with besetting sins. I don't have to be frustrated as I go through my Christian life. You know, I discovered something. My wife and I, we got married 37 years ago. She's a good wife. She's put up with me. Amen. Praise the Lord for her. But I was thinking one day, you know what? I can be a miserable husband or a happy husband. I have choices in life. And I can't get out of being married to her because I said, till death do us part. And so I got thinking about it. I said, if I'm going to be married, I might as well enjoy it. Isn't that a novel idea? Huh? I'm going to make sure I get along with my wife. That's how I lost weight. You know how that happens? We went out to eat with a couple of pastors and their wives, and all the pastors were looking, looking like me, you know. And all the pastors' wives talked about was, was medical stuff. High blood pressure. Sugar diabetes. And they're talking about all these terrible things. I'm sitting there like, what in the world? And then they started talking about their husbands. Yeah, in front of us. Yeah. My wife said, yeah. She said to one of the pastors, wife, yeah, my husband, he's, he's probably going to have a heart attack and die and leave me penniless. Yeah. And uh, they're going on. And the other wives are saying the same thing about their husband. I thought, that's not right. Why should my wife be worried about my health? She's got enough problems of her own with her health that she's dealing with. Why should I give her any frustration or make her feel like, oh, man, my husband doesn't care. And you know what? The Holy Spirit just got a hold of me. And He empowered me. Man, it was exciting. I love to eat. I don't like to eat. I love to eat. Amen. You, I'll drop my own hat to eat. That's right. Amen. I have a tremendous appetite. The Bible says if a man will not work, neither should he eat. And I love to work. Amen. You get that? So here's the, here's the deal. When you come to the place where you know you have a need... What was the second one? You have to have a desire. And then you have to, what's the third one? You've got to believe that you can do it with God's power, with His help. You know, why is it so easy, me, easy for me to believe that God can hang the world on nothing, but I can't believe Him for spiritual victory in my life? The truth is, I'm so used to living in the flesh that I don't know as I want to live in the Spirit too much. Because then people might get convicted when they get around me because I'll, I'll be living for Christ and not living for myself and for them. There's a lot of pressure that comes 
in coming to the place where you're willing to say, Lord, I believe you can give me the filling of your spirit and I want it. The fourth thing that you must do, and here it is, you must empty yourself of everything that keeps you from being filled. If I brought a glass out, well, there is a glass here. There's a glass of water here. It's three quarters of the way full. If I want to be filled, something has to empty out, doesn't it? Correct? That water is, get, that, that, that substance right there is getting in the way of the filling of the Spirit. So I must get rid of this. I'm not going to pour it out on the, on the rug. That wouldn't be nice. But you get the point. When I pour this out and say, Lord, take my, take my lying, take my stealing, take my cheating, take my lusting, take my bad attitude, take my critical spirit, take my laziness, take my whatever, you name it, you name it, whatever it is that's plaguing your life, and you pour that out unto the Lord then you qualify to be filled. You must be empty before you can be what? Full. Amen. You know what our problem is? We like, we like this stuff that's in here. I've known people that, that all they talked about was their problems. And it seems like they never wanted to have victory. It seemed like they were just stuck in, in self-pity. Self-absorbed. Not willing to change. How many of you know somebody you'd like to change them? If you could reach right down into their heart and you could make some adjustments, would you do it? Certainly you would. But they won't. Only God can make the heart soft, the Bible says in Job. Did you hear me? Only God can make the heart soft. You know what I do? When I see somebody I want to change, I just say, Lord, change them. And then by faith, I wait for God to change them. And I know people are praying for me. And people are praying for you. You know, I encourage, I was at a couple's retreat, preaching to about 450 guys. Now, ladies, hang on for a minute here. Don't get mad. I'm preaching to these guys, these, these men, husbands. I said, let me start out my session by making this statement. Most wives are just nags. And the guys are going, yeah. Yeah, boy, they are. Yeah, man, my wife. And they're going, and I'm like, oh, man, did I hit a chord with them. And they're like, they look at each other like. (laughs) And then I said, you make them that way. Ooh, boy. You make them that way. You're the problem. You're the one that needs to change. See, we don't like change. But I'll tell you what. When you're saved and you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you really don't want to go back and live the other way. I'm serious. You know what we need to do? We need to empty out the things in our lives that we know are not right. I don't know what they are. I can't help but believe that if I were to ask you people here tonight to stand up and start sharing those things that you need to empty out of your life, you'd have something that you need to get rid of in order that you might be filled. Did you know you can be filled with the Spirit of God before this service is over? Yeah. 
Listen, it's not rocket scientists. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out the simple truths of being filled with the Spirit. Empty self, you become filled. It's just that simple. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. While every head's bowed and every eye closed, this, this, this part of the service is the very most important part because this is where God begins to move in. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I want you to answer me just privately to yourself. The first question is this. Do you know that you need to be filled with the Spirit of God? Number two, do you desire to be filled with the Spirit? Number three, do you believe that you could be filled with the Spirit of God? And then the fourth question is, are you willing to empty out the things that you know in your life you need to deal with? Oh, listen, that's all that needs to happen. You just deal with it. And ask God to cleanse you. And ask God to forgive you. You've transgressed. I've transgressed against God. And oh, stop fighting God. Ask Him to fill you with His power and with with His Spirit. I'd like us all to stand if we could. And instead of singing, instead of singing, I want to just open up the altar tonight. And if the Holy Spirit of God spoke to you in any area that I preached about, I would like you to just come out of your seat and come to the altar. If you can kneel, fine. But if you can't, don't kneel, but just sit on the front row and start talking to the Lord about how you want to have His power and you want to be filled with His Spirit. You come right now. Come ahead. This is something that as a group of believers, we know we need the power of the Spirit of God. We know that we desire it and we believe that He can fill us. Why don't you come right now and we're going to take a few minutes. Amen. Oh, God help us. Just come and if you can't kneel, just sit on the front row there and we're going to pray in a minute. The pastor's going to come and pray for us. Go ahead and play softly.